20th anniversary Buffy fancast. You happy? No, it's fine. I'm your watcher, Donna. I'm your watcher, Jack. I'm your watcher, Adrian. Oh, and we have a, a special <laughs> guest with us here today, uh, Jen. Say hi. Hi. This she, is the episode she really wanted to be on for. We just stole her for the other. Oh yeah, when when you gave me several options, I think you gave me like six options, and as soon as I saw the Zeppo, I was like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not supposed to say the title. No, no that's, that's fine. fine. Okay. This was the Zeppo. Spoiler alert, we're talking about the Zeppo in this episode. Um, Dura- written by Dan Weber, no, Dan Weber, and directed by James Whitmore Jr., originally aired January 26, 1999. Sorry, I, I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> I, have a, I have a little bit of a story about this episode. The, the really, really short version of this episode is that it focuses on Xander as the one person in the group who doesn't have special abilities. And so for this particular episode, they're all putting him off, like, don't get involved, don't get involved. And then he has a very active night. Um, the first time I watched this, somehow, I don't know if I was distracted by a kid. I don't know if I was... I don't know what my deal was. I missed what the conceit of the episode was. And I was actually very irritated that they were spending so much time on Xander when there was something really interesting going on that they weren't telling me about. Like this Sisterhood of G thing. I was really interested in that. And so this time when I watched it and I understood what was actually going on, um, I remembered being, but I want to know more about the Sisterhood of G. But it's a good episode. It's a great episode for Xander. Um, he really shines in this episode. I think Willow says the mantra of my life, where she goes, occasionally I'm Catalyst and Strange. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, this is, you know, when you're listening to your favorite Buffy episodes, for me, I have to say no Joss Whedon episodes aloud because it's too obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's too obvious to say hush or what's worth feeling. This might be my favorite episode that's not written by Joss Whedon. Which it's, is weird, because I love me some Espenson. But this is a really, really good episode. It's, it's really good, and this is one that I will watch on its own. Although, there have been multiple times where I watch this episode and then just watch the rest of the show. This one is pretty standalone, too. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I love it so much, but it's weird now. I haven't rewatched the whole show since I was pregnant with my kid, whose name is Xander. And it actually is kind of weird watching the show now, and they say his name so much. I didn't think it would it would have any sort of effect on me, but it mm-hmm. does, especially since Xander's a little more problematic um, than I remembered. Yeah, I think the only other episode that I've liked as much as this episode, like, like so far in this season, is Band Candy. Band Candy's awesome. I love that yeah. kid so much. But this episode is so great. Um... Cordelia knows Superman. <laughs> like, not just knows Superman, but is aware of Superman enough to make a Jimmy Olsen joke at Xander. I mean, Lois and Clark was on around this time, right? Was it? Oh, I yeah. guess you're probably right. Yeah, it was on in the 90s. She might watch some Lois and Clark if she was anything like me. Well, and she probably had a crush on Dean Cain. Mm-hmm. Who didn't? <laughs> me. <laughs> and I thought Lois was hot. It's pretty, it's pretty basic. 
Superman stuff, I think. Like, I, I don't know. I liked Superman when I was a kid. He's been around like 80 years, so. Yeah, I don't, like, so I've always known about Superman, but I don't know that I would have known Superman. I would, would have been comfortable enough with the Superman lore to call somebody Jimmy Olsen. I'm honestly more impressed that Cordelia knows about the Marx Brothers. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, like, Cordelia knowing Superman, sure. Cordelia <laughs> knowing about the Marx Brothers... That's impressive. So yeah, Cordelia pops up at many points throughout this episode to really prod at Xander's ego mm-hmm. and really point out how um, unimportant he is in the scheme of things, uh, which which she doesn't respond to well. Which I wouldn't, but I don't blame her. He did her wrong. Plus, she doesn't get to be part of the group anymore. Yeah. And even though she seems like she doesn't care, you know she probably does. Like, yeah. he's unimportant, but at least he gets to be there. Yeah. She, she was she was part of some important stuff when yeah. she was with him. Yeah, and I think she'd be a much better fighter than him, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Angel, we see that she's, she's, she's really a, a pretty good asset to have. She actually demonstrates it in the previous episode where she beats the crap out of that guy with her fists by just <laughs> pounding on his chest, whereas Xander cannot beat Harmony in a fight. And that is that is canon. Yeah. Um, so this episode did that thing again where they changed Buffy's hair and nobody mentioned it. But then as soon as I noticed that, I realized that Willow has short hair now. And when did that happen? And am I an asshole? Because I don't remember when she cut her yes, hair. Yes, because in Gingerbread, her mother said, oh, you've cut your hair. And Willow said, yeah, it was an impulse I had months ago. Yeah. So I think I'm an asshole, and I only notice Buffy's hair for some reason. Well, she does such interesting things with it. Yeah. That's true, she does. And I I was, in high school, I had problems watching shows like this, because I'm like, does she do her own hair? Like, like, because you're not, you know, when you're a teenager, you're not really thinking about, like, hair and makeup people. And I couldn't do anything with my hair, and I just didn't understand, and I was very jealous. But, you know, her mom probably does it, right? Buffy's mom? Yeah. I don't know. I I guess some girls can do their own hair. It just seems so insane to me. You know, for a while when I was in high school, my cousin lived with us. And she was a lot more, like, girly than Mm -hmm. I was. And, like, I had no idea how to do most of that stuff. Like, I I, just, like, legitimately did not know. And my cousin would get up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. And she would start getting ready and, like, she would come out of bed looking a mess. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we were going to school, her makeup was done and her hair was done. And I was just constantly in awe of the fact that she could do this. And I was oh. like, I have no idea. Like, I don't relate to that. There was a year when I was a teen where I slept in my clothes so I could sleep in as late as possible. And I'd get up and just put my shoes on. Same. That was, yeah. So, like, looking back and I'm like, oh, she put effort into this thing. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. I want to just, like, brush my hair and have it look like that. Why can't that happen? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we didn't we didn't read the right parts of teen magazines. I think you're right. <laughs> I read the teen magazines, but I skipped past the I, I read the embarrassing stories. Oh, where like your tampon fell out of your bag and now you can't go to school ever again. Yeah. I like the quizzes. Yeah, the quizzes <laughs> were fun. I just want to add that I think girls with straight hair had it a lot easier. Because you've got this kind of thick, wavy hair, right? Well, this is from yesterday when I put some gel in it. Like, the most work <laughs> I usually do. My hair is, like, kind of in the middle, but it's so thick it gets really poofy. Yeah. So I can't do much. It would take a lot of work to do oh, anything. Well, if I know anything about women, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> the kind of hair that you have 
is definitely not the kind of hair that you want. Yes. Basically always, like right now Donna's like, I bet if you have straight hair, it's easier. I have aggressively straight hair and it does nothing. But it looks so cute right now. It looks seriously cute right now. But so does your hair. Like, I think your hair looks adorable. You guys, all of our hair is really great. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a podcast and people can't see Jack it, has but... the best hair. Jack has the best hair. I mean, I took time to get ready this morning, but... Like... I didn't. I hit my snooze button three times. No, I hit my snooze button five times. And then on that fifth time, I thought, oh, fuck, we're recording at eight. <laughs> And I got up, I'm not even, like, I, I got up and I put on my sweatshirt, and I was like, is it too cold to walk over there barefoot? Yeah, it is. My house is too oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I, should I wash my hair? And I was like, it's a podcast. Alright. Don't want to offend my hosts, though. I woke up I'm 15 glad you... minutes before my alarm, and I hated it. I, I took a picture of you and put it online. I hope that's okay. <laughs> no, I saw that. <laughs> so anyway, there's this Buffy thing. Um, I love the... The donut conversation. Yes. When Giles is like, did you eat all the jellies? <laughs> I always have a jelly. Um, oh, that was so, so adorable. Like, like, I just love that they're talking about this really serious stuff. And then it's like, did you eat all the jellies? Because I've definitely like been in the situation where it's like, we're having a serious conversation mm-hmm. and it is emotional. And did you eat the last chip on my plate? Well, what I, what I wish they'd done more on this, and they do it on The Flash, is like Buffy should be eating a lot more. Like, yeah. she'll even talk about, like, oh, I eat a yogurt sometimes or whatever. Shouldn't she be able to eat a lot more yeah, than she does? she should be able to eat whatever she wants. Like, I feel like that should be a thing. Because, like, on The Flash, they talk about his metabolism being mm-hmm. so high. Cause he he's has a lot. They do that in the X-Men comic book sometime with Gambit, where Gambit just, like, eats everything because he's basically, like, he makes things explode because of kinetic energy that's inside of him. Yeah, we were watching episodes of The Flash the other day, and he lost his powers, and I was like, he's gonna get so fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he would probably continue eating like that. Um, but yeah, it actually starts with them playing football, and... First, it's really sad watching Xander try to, like, be a guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, try to hang with the guys, but also, I'm. Um, do you guys like to point out problematic yeah. shit? Yeah. Okay, uh, she's... Who said... I can't remember if he said it or if Cordelia said it, but said, somebody said... Oh, no, it was Jack. Jack said, what are you, retarded? Yeah. And then Xander I, said he got tested. I want to clarify, I didn't say that. Jack O'Toole yeah, said Jack that. Yeah, Jack O'Toole said that. Jack O'Toole Jack said that. Jack O'Toole is a jerk. I yes. am not a jerk. Yes, you did not ask anyone if they were retarded. No. Yeah, like that. They said that, and I was like, "Oh man, this was when we still said that word." Although he was the bad guy, so it's a little more excusable than if somebody else had said it. Yeah, but I still feel like you probably wouldn't see that in a show now. Like, no, I'm you wouldn't think, see it in a show now. I'm trying to think of the last time that I that somebody used that word. I think it might be this, <laughs> like on like anything I watched. Yeah, I can't. I've heard people say in real life, but yeah, um, yeah. way too recently. But yeah, they don't say that anymore, which that gets into the whole thing where I'm like, you know, you can say the, you know, quote unquote, politically incorrect stuff if it's a bad guy. Like, I feel like that would help. But I, under- I understand why they don't do it at all. But I feel like that's one time where it is yeah. more forgivable because it shows what a dick the guy is. Yeah. And they had to they had to really dick up Jack O'Toole. Like, Jack O'Toole had to be such an incredible, unforgivable dick that one of the nicest characters on the show <laughs> kills him mm-hmm. and we never mention it again. Yeah. 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 Well, like, I always find it interesting whenever they introduce characters like this, because I'm like, that dude is a certified psychopath. Like, he is crazy. He is, like, 
Richie levels of insane from It's. Like, Richie? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't think you mean Richie. No, not Richie. We're not talking about the new It, are we? It's all the same characters. Yeah, but but the, the new It hasn't, we haven't seen the levels of oh, insanity Oh, yeah, the from... bully. Oh, okay, okay. So Richie, we have seen no. That's what you just said. That is what I just said. <laughs> not Richie. Yeah, I don't remember the character's this, name. This joke isn't totally worth it. It's <laughs> not worth it. Um, um, but, like, like, I mean, he pulls out a really big combat knife at one point. Side note, from where? Xander says it's a sword, and I agree with Xander. Well, okay, I'll say this. When I was in college, I had some friends with shoplifting problems, and um, they like to see what they could get away with. They're the reason that in Stillwater, the cigarettes started being put behind the counter. Um, and one of my friends stole an axe, and he put it down the back of his pants, and it was just kind of like nestled in his butt crack. So I guess some people could uh, carry weapons that way. They're idiots, but they a could do it. A knife, though? In a sheath. You could do it with a sheath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you just... I mean, remember Wonder Woman? Where the hell was her sword when she was in that blue dress? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You just stick the knife right here. Like, that's where it I goes. I don't need a visual. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that's where it goes. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um. <laughs> Let me show you my butt crack real quick. <laughs> uh, I just... Uh... That, that's not something you do on a podcast. That's, <laughs> unless you do a video podcast. You should do a special episode. I, I would think, I would think in a video podcast is when you shouldn't do it. And um, in the audio podcast, it's okay to do it. Because, because that's the audience. imagination. Yeah, and the audience never gets to see it. I guess it just depends on uh, how much of a sensation you want to make on the internet. That's true. So I just wonder, like, how does that guy stay in school? Like, I had some bullies when I was in high school, and they didn't last very long because they got fucking expelled after they beat the shit out of each other in the cafeteria. I don't know. I saw a girl do coke in algebra, and I, I had a guy that used to snort Ritalin behind me. He'd I be had, like, "Don't move," and then I things look were pretty lax. I have a pretty good reason for why Jack O'Toole is still in school despite his behavior. Because he's white. Yep. <laughs> because like, if if you're it, it, like, if you're a preschooler and, like, you make a small mistake, like, they'll kick you out if you're, like, black. But. It's true. But they won't do it. Like, if you're white, like, you get That's a lot of passes. That's an explanation for a lot of things. It's you get a white. lot of passes. So That's Buffy true. was wearing this pink outfit. And it just. She doesn't wear a lot of pink. I thought that was interesting. I kept thinking, that is not a normal color for her. She doesn't. No. But then that leads me to what the fuck is Willow wearing? She's wearing these big baggy plaid pants that kind of look like pajama pants, but I just don't see Willow wearing pajama pants. Well, maybe I thought school. they were pajama. Like I saw them and I thought they were pajama pants. Maybe she's going through something too. Well, because no, it was dark. It was night out. And then she said sorry for waking you to the shop guy. Mm. So I thought that she had been called by Buffy to go do the... See, I thought she was wearing them at school. I was not paying attention, and I just looked on IMDb didn't have the right pictures of outfits. I wanted to see what you were talking about. Willow, Willow has not great clothing tastes, though. Yeah, but still, she normally actually wears clothes and not pajamas. That was a big thing in the 90s, though. 
Do you remember my pants that I wore, like, every other day senior year of high school? I literally only remember you in jeans. Because people really, like, they still talk to me about this and judge me. They, I got them in a catalog. They totally look like pajama pants, but the catalog did not present them as pajama pants. So that's my argument. And they were these, like, wide leg, like, plaid, basically pajama pants, but they had more pockets. And they were so comfortable. And I got two pairs, and I would wear them, like... Now I wish I'd just gone for it and worn every day, like a cartoon character, but it's high school, so it's like I would only do it twice a week in case anyone noticed, but they were so comfortable, and that was, it wasn't a thing at our school, apparently, because I got judged, but <laughs> that was a thing, and I wish it was a thing now. Like, can I'm I, waiting to be able to wear Can I let you in on a secret here? Hmm. Uh, you know, scrubs, mm-hmm. um, they do make scrubs in black, and black scrub pants look like dress pants. Mm. If you can't see them and, from the hips up. And they're excellent if you want to make a ninja costume on the cheap. <laughs> I don't know, know if they're cheap. Depends on where you get them. Yeah, you can get cheap scrubs. Uh, anyway. <laughs> can we talk about the girl that Xander picks up? I want to mention real quick, Willow was wearing another rainbow necklace. <gasps> You're right, she is. Yeah. Is mm. that a thing? Yeah, she's worn several rainbow That's necklaces. Every time she get every time she wears a rainbow, she gets a little closer to gay. <laughs> no. Is that why she was gay instead of Xander? Because he didn't wear enough rainbows. No, that probably it probably infected her. Probably that's what she happens. got. She got the gay virus. Because at this point, they're still thinking it could be either one, right? I think so. Okay. I don't know. The fact that they've put Willow in so much rainbow jewelry makes me think they've committed. To yeah, Willow. and Xander and Xander. Okay, also... so I would agree with you, except that keep in mind. Willow was born in the 80s. Uh-huh. And, like, that's just, like, the 80s were rainbow bright and, you're like, thinking, Frank, You're thinking maybe Lisa we're not Frank. firmly established in rainbow equals gay at this point? I, like, I mean, it, it was, but not as much. Like, they, like the, the gay pride definitely used the rainbow, but you could still have rainbow. There were still people that didn't know. I always yeah. thought of it more as Willow dressed like a kid. Yeah. Like, it was very much like unicorns and rainbows and stuff, and it was just, like, kid-type stuff. Whereas now, if you're wearing a rainbow, it's definitely going to I, signify something else. I remember when I was in high school, around the time Buffy was go- going on, I was, I would wear a rainbow very much because I wanted other people to know that, like, I wasn't straight, but I wanted other people to know who also knew. Like, like, so, so I knew, so I knew that a rainbow would, like, most straight people would look at my rainbow and be like, ah, he just likes rainbows. <laughs> Uh, that's weird, but whatever. I was just say, like, Jen and I were involved in a group in high school called Yape that did a lot, of, like, it wasn't for that, but it did a lot of, like, stuff with the LGBT Yeah, it was community. an AIDS education group. Yeah, and, um, we, like, so, like, I think that's how I found out what the rainbow was for. Yeah, I, but I, I think if you didn't have, like, a ton of gay friends. You didn't know. Yeah, like, I was in a gay-straight alliance, and that's where I learned a lot. Yeah. But I don't think anybody else at my school, at our school, would have known Okay. And also, because I've made so many costuming comments, who gets buried in their letter jacket? Someone who knows he's coming back. Okay, then I <laughs> interrupted you back before I started about the rainbow necklace. I think you probably get buried in your letter jacket if you are from a... F- okay, so th- this is me speaking as a person who does not do sports, <laughs> like, in the least. But I think that if you are a teenager who dies and your family is kind of, like, white trash, which I think is what they are, 
and I'm using that term as somebody who grew up kind of white trash. Mm. Um, but like they seem like he's Jack is speaking with like that accent. Um, they're like Jack feels like he, they wanted him to be from Louisiana. Hmm. Like he's got the Irish last name, but he is they've got him like raising zombies and talking about his pappy mm-hmm. and hmm. uh, like like yeah. And so I think that if you are from a family who cares a lot about sports and that's the only thing you're going to do with your life, you get buried in your letter jacket when you die as a teenager. Yeah. Well, and I I think that with teenagers, it is more wouldn't, I think the younger you are, the more it might be bury them in an outfit that's like important to them. Whereas when you're old, they're just like, it needs to be a nice dress. Yeah. Right. What if it's a, usually if it's a woman. I don't know. I'd bury my husband in a nice dress. My dad, my dad would think it was hilarious if we we buried him in a nice dress, especially if all the like conservatives saw him. So, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> we That's told my daughter that, that that guys can wear dresses too, and now she's just really obsessed with buying all of her male cousins' dresses for their birthday. <laughs> Who oh, Gavin's gonna be greatly happy with that. Like, we told we told my daughter that boys can wear dresses oh. too. She wanted to buy Jay a dress for his for Christmas. Oh. What color? Blue, because it's Jay's favorite color. Oh, that's thoughtful. That's really thoughtful. I think with some flounces in the skirt, maybe a nice little. I would prefer a skirt to a dress. I think. I'll let her know. We're still trying to teach Xander that boys can have like the Pink Ranger can be a boy's favorite. They, I know they talked about putting the a boy is as a Pink Ranger in the movie, the recent movie, and I wish they had because that would have taught my kid a lot. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's very, but he does say it's one of his favorite colors. So I guess we're doing okay. But I want him to think it's okay to like the Pink Ranger, yeah. and that I don't have to like the Pink Ranger. Yeah, man, it's really hard to teach kids things like society gets to them, man. Society gets to them early. You have to teach them before society gets to them. So like anything you're afraid that they're gonna learn bad lessons about, you have to preempt them. Well, the problem with that is that like you know we started sending ours to preschool when she was three so yeah. there's not a lot of time to teach her all of the things before that yeah we uh that's why i want him to like things like buffy like i try to encourage him to you know i'll point out black widow if we're watching something marvel like i want him to notice that women can get gas and it's really hard because there aren't enough of them mm-hmm. um especially at like that age and then you know they put the dc superhero girl stuff in it in the girl part at Target, even though I don't call it girl section and boy section anymore, but keep that shit <laughs> by the other, like, Marvel and DC stuff. It drives yeah. me crazy, because I want, I want, <laughs> I want him to be different. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying to teach him. So far, my biggest, I think, uh, victory has been that she doesn't care about race. Mm-hmm. She's like, like... She, she's like, I want to be Black Panther. And I'm like, you go. And she's like, yeah, I want to be Moana. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you know, Tiana is her third favorite. Uh, well, Anna and Elsa are up there. And then it's like <laughs> Tiana and Rapunzel. And then so, so like, we've, we've gotten that. But the, the boy-girl line is hard. Mm, yeah. Anyway, this show. <laughs> uh, Parents, this is what happens. Yeah. Can we talk about the girl? You're the one I interrupted. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've been sitting. I've been sitting here for the last ten minutes, feeling like shit because I interrupted Jack. <laughs> Sorry. 
His it was name. you. Okay, <laughs> I don't care about interrupting you. <laughs> um, that girl that Xander picks up, what is her deal? She likes cars. I like cars. No, but there are there are girls that like they really like cars. Yeah, but I'm not getting in a car with a stranger just because he's got a cool car. There are girls who like cars and the men that drive them. Not so much like you like cars. Like, you like the car individually. You want to, like, hang out with is the car. Is it just that I don't like people? Yes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, cause, like, here's the thing is I would also not get in the car with a stranger. I'd be like, that's a beautiful car. I don't want to have a conversation with you. It's the, it's that. It's also, like, it's also an allosexual thing. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Um, um, but... but, like, she hangs around through a lot of insanity. Mm-hmm. She stands there while Jack O'Toole has the knife out, and she's like, I'm bored. And I'm like, How are you bored? (laughs) Your your date is being held at knife point. Maybe chill for a second. This is is the opposite of boring. Uh, But yeah, but I actually kind of wish she had stuck around through the dead guy. I think she would have been interesting to have around for a little longer. (laughs) I I don't. I I wish she'd been Sheila. You just wish Sheila would back. They made so much of an effort with Sheila. Sheila? Right? Exactly. Sheila was in the uh, parents. School hard. School hard. She was in school hard. She was the one that had to help Buffy. Oh, right, right, right. The bad girl. The bad girl. Okay, I could not remember her name. Yeah, they spent so much time building up her character just to... So I I just wish they used her somewhere. Sheila's our go-to whenever we need it. Why didn't they use this girl? Yeah, they. I like the shows, the high school shows, where there's like all these other characters around that they kind of... 13 Reasons Why, one of the things I like about it is that there is a full, like, cast of yeah. high schoolers. And you see the same ones over and yeah, over. Yeah, and that's that's why I like they always use the same extras on Saved by the Bell. Because you'd be like, oh, there's Scott Wolf. And you're like, <laughs> he's a, he's, he always works at the max, even if he doesn't have lines. You know who should have been in this episode? Who? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan should be in more episodes. That's just generally true. Whatever happened to that guy? He never had success after that. Oh, he does. He has a really funny... No, I was kidding. Because he has massive success. (laughs) He has won Emmys. Yeah. Every time he's at an award show, I pretend he's Jonathan. (laughs) I'm superstar. Like, that's... And then I go and check Jane Espenson's Twitter feed to see how excited she is to see him in a tux. <laughs> That's awesome. And she always says something. Uh, so, so yeah, basically Xander has um, quite an adventure around town, running around with the dead boys who want to blow up the school. And uh, I'm really, I love how excited the dead boys are. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just so excited to be alive. And they're kind of fun. They yeah. are. I like the idea that they're, I mean, like, obviously living in the Hellmouth and just living in a world with magic, of course, people are just doing shit. Like, they always show us people doing things either for good or for evil. Some people, some teens, they're just fucking around with magic and it's kind of <laughs> nice. You know, I, yeah. I like that. I like mm-hmm. seeing that part of Sunnydale. Yes. Um, they're, like I, I was kind of bummed that they're gone now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot one of them was the guy from The Walking Dead. Wait, what? Um, Abraham. <gasps> what? What? Yes, you're right. <gasps> you're right. <laughs> I'm like this well, moment where I wish we had video. Again, I have never I'm... blown this many minds in one moment. Wow. Yeah, that was you're the guy from The Walking Dead. The last episode. Yeah, he. I did. I forgot that he. 
he was on this. I guess I haven't watched this since he was on Walking which Dead. Which episode was he? Or which episode? He was which... the guy in the Letterman jacket. Was he? Yeah. 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 Wow. And one of the guys, I don't know which one because they were wearing makeup or whatever, but one of them was in an episode of Party of Five I watched the other day. <laughs> I saw him on IMDb and I was like, whoa, that's weird. But, um... Yeah, yeah, it was the guy from Walking Dead. Cool. And as soon as I saw him on IMDb, I was like, oh, oh, I know, I know this. But I, I was, I was shocked. It's, I love that every time you watch it, there's like more people you notice. Uh Yeah, the most shocking, I think, for me was, um. Kelly Loves Shoes. Kelly Loves Shoes was pretty shocking. Um, but more shocking than that was Batman. Um, before Batman. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yes. <laughs> One time in the 90s, I heard Janine Garofalo say Ben Affleck, and that's, it's stuck in my head. But yeah, yeah, Ben Affleck shows up in ne- the extra, as an extra in the movie. Yeah, he's like a basketball player number two or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, uh, what's his name? The, the fish boy. I've forgotten his name. Oh. Yeah, Captain Cold. Captain, Captain Cold. Cold. I, I like how I went to prison break. <laughs> uh, Wentworth. Yeah. Wentworth yeah. Miller. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm always really confused on his name because I'm like, you know how some people have two first names? Mm-hmm. He has two last names. And the oh, the guy that that got his head crushed on Game of Thrones was in Buffy. The hot one. The hot one. The super hot one. <gasps> Remember the episode where Buffy spends the entire episode sitting around in the in the graveyard talking to a vampire? No. He's he's a philosopher. What? Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> Talking conversations with dead people, right? I think it might be conversations with dead people. But yeah, that's... Uh, oh, that guy's on Game of Thrones? Yeah. I, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones. But he's been in like every Joss Whedon show, I think. Yeah, he was great in Game of Thrones. He was so good. Oberyn. Yes, Oberyn. Have you guys talked at all about the fact that Seth Green was cut out of the Buffy movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he did it. Yeah, he, he... yeah well, I pointed him out. Wait, no, because he was in the Buffy movie he, for like a second, for like less than a second. Was he? I, I know so. that he had like scenes that were cut out, but he, he there was a picture of him on the back of the VHS. Uh-huh. Yeah, we saw him. We saw okay. him. Okay. <laughs> um. So, speaking of problematic lines, which we weren't, um, when uh, Xander and uh, Jack O'Toole get stopped by the cop, and Xander's all like, yeah, yeah, we were just wrestling. But not in a gay way. And I was like, oh, Xander. Oh, I had that written down too. But that's also, like, if they, if this, this before they decided who was going to be gay, they're still putting things in for Xander. That's true. So I always, I thought that that line, part of that was him overcompensating for his homosexuality, considering, like, he, it was still a possibility. That's true. That's true. I mean, Jack's not bad looking. No, he's no. a good looking guy. Can I tell you a quick story? Um, when I was when I was in high school, my best friend was uh, a gay guy. He had not come out to me yet, but it kind of wasn't that big a secret. Um, and we had this friend. His name was Fred, and Fred was the most gorgeous human being who has ever walked the earth. Okay, and I had such a crush on him, and my friend had a huge crush on him. And I drove both of them home, and as we got out of the car, uh, Fred and my friend had this big kind of wrestling match. And I should go back and mention that my friend was constantly teasing me about how I wanted to fuck Fred. Was he, you want to fuck Fred? Like, yes, I, I do, actually. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. Um, and 
as they were wrestling, for some reason, and I didn't use that word then, and I still don't use this word now, but for some reason, the phrase, oh my God, you guys are so queer, came out of my mouth. And I still don't know why I said that, because that's not a word I use. But, uh, and then they quit wrestling, and they got back in the car, and I kind of looked over at my friend, and I was like, man, I'm sorry I said that. I don't know why I said that. And he was like, well, I've been meaning to tell you something. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think I know. And he was like, what do you think you know? And I was like, I think you want to fuck Fred, too. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I, I do. So that was, that was the secret of how my best friend came out to me. Wow, I just realized I don't have many stories of people coming out to me. I usually just kind of know. Yeah. I wish I had a... Well, I don't wish I had a fence. I'm glad people feel comfortable just being, yeah. being gay around me, but I'm just like, that's that's a nice story. Yeah. It was sweet. <laughs> and I, it's nice that you apologized for saying that, even though you're, because teens are idiots, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> every now and then, I don't know, that, just, that seems to, that a word will just come out of my mouth, and I'm like, why did I use that word? I don't use that word. Yeah, I, I... Yeah, and then you obsess about it yeah. for like twenty years after yeah. that. Well, yeah. Every now and then I'll wake up in the middle, middle of the night and be like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, that thing I did in ninth grade." Oh, yes. and there are times where I'm like, "I should I send this person a Facebook message and just apologize for that thing I did?" And it's like, "Well, one, they might not have even noticed, and yeah. two, like, do you want to bring this shit up?" And I never know, like, I don't do it, but I, I do think about it sometimes. Sometimes my decision is based on, do I want to talk to this person? Like, on the regular. Is this a person I want to have a friendship yeah. with? If yes, I'll apologize. If no, I kind of don't. Oh, I don't even think about that. I assume they wouldn't <laughs> want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Willie. Oh, Willie got beat up. I was weirdly upset by that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's being so nice to him. Like, you know it's bad if Buffy's being, like, super nice to Willie. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the thing that makes this episode so great is the idea that they're going through the biggest battle of their lives. And we're, and it's so dramatic. And we don't know anything about it. I wish that there had been times over the years where they reference something and Xander says, what? And they're like, oh, you weren't there for that. Like, that yeah. that would have been great. Um, but I just, I love that we're missing out. Yeah. And I love that they're missing, because you know what? He saved their lives, like, in a big, bad way. And I, but I just, I love these moments we get where it's just like, what? I love that we never find out what happened. Yeah. You never find out. Well, and like, I like Xander walking. Go ahead. I was going to say, we, well, I think we have a really good idea of what happened, and I'll explain it in a second when we go into the lore. I, I like Xander constantly walking in on things and interrupting, <laughs> especially the scene between Angel and Buffy. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's this heavy emotional moment, and Xander's just like, I gotta, do you, are you, can I, can we talk? And I love how excited Xander gets when he sees Angel at the bronze. Because Xander fucking hates that guy. <laughs> so you know he's desperate. Yes. And you know that Angel must be distracted because you think he would notice. Like, why are you so excited to see me? You hate yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just so much going on in this episode. I think they did a really, it is really, a really good, good episode. It's a really good episode. And I was really worried because I've noticed that Xander's more problematic <laughs> as the years go by. Um, I was glad that he wasn't really problematic in this episode because I didn't want this to be ruined. I was very you know, worried. There was the way he treated that girl. I mean, he didn't like the girl, mm-hmm. but I feel like it would have been very easy for them to have him take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. And I loved him with Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was not, I mean, Faith was problematic as hell, but, but Xander was 
you know, okay. Yeah. Like, there was, was no friend zone stuff or anything. Yeah. Yeah, he was actually really good about it. And, um, uh, towards, I feel like this is one of the episodes where we get a little bit more insight into, like, tragic Xander. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we've gotten hints up to now, like, about how, like, kind of shitty his home life is. Mm-hmm. And in this one, when the, when Jack O'Toole is like, you'll die too, and Xander goes, I like, I the, like quiet. the quiet. Oh, that line so great. That line was so great, and I was like, fuck, I believe Xander. Like, I actually think right now that Xander would be totally okay with dying. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote down that Xander made his bluff check, particularly with the I like the quiet line. But man, as that clock is ticking down and he's still just grinning, I'm not 100% sure that was a bluff. Yeah. I, I, yeah, think, I didn't yeah. think it was a bluff either. Because, I mean, also at this point, Xander's been, like, pushed out of, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. he's been kind of, like, pushed out of the group of friends. He's, he's had nobody this whole episode. Yeah, yeah they, like... He's got Cordelia giving him shit, and he, I mean, he deserves it, but, like, he screwed up in a way that, like, I can't help but be sympathetic. Even though yeah. I know he did, what he did was wrong, it's, dude, you're a teen. Like, it's shit happens. Yeah, yeah, up. people are human. And he screwed up, he doesn't have, he doesn't have Willow, he doesn't have Cordelia, um, he's not as cool as, as Oz, um, like, it's, his home life, so, oh my god, he is so tragic. He yeah. is like, really I just tragic. really, his parents are awful, as we will see more of later, like, and, yeah, I, I get it, like, of course he's ready to die, but then the relief. <laughs> you yeah. see the relief yeah. <laughs> once the bomb is stopped, but, and that, you're talking about, you know, in the last episode about how dark things are, it really hit me yesterday when I was watching this. There was a bomb in the school. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is serious. Like, especially, you know, now, given, like, what happened with Parkland and stuff, like, it really hit me in a way that I was very uncomfortable with. This was this was pre-Columbine. Mm-hmm. This was... That well, episode Buffy, would not have happened that way. Well, Buffy plays today. with that a lot, because we also still haven't even gotten to Earshot yet. Yeah, it's yeah. coming, though. Well, and that was delayed because of Columbine. Yeah. That yeah. didn't air until the fourth season had started. Yeah. Um, so this is, like, right... Wow, this is right before shit really got serious. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the schools. I have one real minor complaint, and it's something they've done before. It's like, whoever puts the props out does not remind the actors that these things are supposed to have weight. Xander picks up a huge can of kerosene and he's flinging it around like it weighs nothing because it probably weighs nothing. And uh, there was a moment in Wish when uh, Giles used an axe to hack his way out of the cage and then he just casually tosses the axe aside and it kind of vibrates and you can tell it's made of nothing. Um, so yeah, it's something they they don't do great is give the make handle the props mm-hmm. like they're real. But uh, just a little thing that stuck out at me. I'm really glad I don't notice things like that. Like, that's... Because it it drives me crazy when I do... It's like the coffee cup thing. Like, that's a big thing with Gilmore Girls, is that they drink so much coffee. But there's... Like, why wouldn't you just put at least, like, water in the cup? Like, I don't understand why they... I understand why they wouldn't make things super heavy, because the actors have to keep doing this. But don't have it completely empty. Yeah. If it's, like, a container or something. It just... And they're clean. They're not just mm-hmm. empty. They're clean. Yeah. 
But. Yeah, I think I would be a much better prop person when it comes mm-hmm. to those things. You know, you could paint some coffee stains on that because, like, I don't know what it is about restaurant coffee mugs, but I take one drink of that and I've got coffee running down yeah. the outside. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, can zombies be werewolves too? I don't think so. That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack O'Toole's not coming back. I mean, they're dead. I don't. I don't. The throwaway line at the end where Oz says that he's pretty full. He's Oddly like, full. Yeah. Don't you think if you're a werewolf and you wake up the next day and you're oddly full, wouldn't you kind of think about it for a minute? I would, but also I think that they think he was knocked out. I think that Willow probably told him, yeah, we had shit, we tranked you and put you over here. Except he woke up not where he expected to be. I mean, he was out of the closet and... He's got him out of the closet. Ha ha! Um, yeah, he uh, he was out of the room that they had put him in. And so he had to know that he got out. But if he knew he got out because they moved him and he was tranked. But I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't contained. I don't know. You probably, in that kind of situation, you're probably just in denial. Like, you just don't want to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. you wait to see if there's an animal attack or something. But I <laughs> bet he ate all of Jack. I think he did eat all of Jack. And I was fine with it, because Jack would have killed Xander. Yeah. 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 Xander would be dead within a week. Yeah. 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 Um, I have, I, I want to talk about the value of male sexuality. Okay. <laughs> because because we definitely, like, like I, I even even Buffy does a really good job of, like, Really respecting Willow's virginity loss and Buffy's virginity loss. Then Xander's virginity loss is this. And I was like, this is, this is so how it is for guys. Because, like, we're not taught to, like, respect our own bodies or see our own bodies as, mm-hmm. like, worthy of something more meaningful. But, yeah, I was, I was, I was very, like, I, I thought that was a really sad moment, like, that your first time... You basically get kicked out, like, right after. I thought it was supposed to be a sad moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's lying there, and it's like, it's... Like, like he clearly wants to cuddle. Yeah, and she just kicks him. Like, it, it is... He is having that stereotypical kind of female experience, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. I just... I feel so bad for him that, like, he he can't even talk to anybody about this. Like, yeah. what friends... Maybe he could talk to Oz, but he can't, he can't talk to anybody about this. No. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I... I think it is saying something about male sexuality that is closer to what you want it to, but it can come off wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like it was supposed to be a sad moment. Yeah, no, like, no, like, I thought it was. I thought it was played well, like okay. given it, like its sadness, like it's supposed to be a tragic thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. And this isn't the last time we hear about it either. Mm-mm. No. Like this doesn't go away. No. Which I'm glad about because that would be like that would be super sad. Mm-hmm. That would be super terrible. Well, it's really sad when we hear about it again, when Willow finds out, I... and when Faith brings it up again. Mm-hmm. Faith brings it up as a weapon. Yeah. Poor Xander. He has yeah. really bad taste in women. He really does. I mean, if you just go on the looks department, he has very good taste in women, but. <laughs> Faith, you, you know, she, do you guys think that he went with Faith because she kind of looks like Cordelia? I think he went with Faith because Faith was like, I'm doing this right yeah, now. I yeah. Don't, I don't think he had a lot of say in it. Yeah. Really. I felt like he would, like, like, I don't know, as she was doing it, I was like, she looks like, like, from a stereotypical, mm-hmm. like, skin deep thing. She, like, she looks well, enough like Cordelia. She dresses the way Xander 
talks about Cordelia dressing that yeah. she doesn't actually like she'll be so preppy and covered up and he talks about her being dressed up like a slut or something uh-huh. and Faith actually is dressed more like how he j- that really bothers me about Xander mm-hmm. the way he jokes about Cordelia and it's like she is covered up yeah I don't understand your your joke isn't landing you're not as funny as you think you are she, she's, yeah. she's as almost always just impeccably dressed and she looks really good in these episodes. Yeah, Ugh, she these, does. These few episodes around this, like she, she, she looks like Olivia Pope on Scandal. Like her, I think it's because she doesn't have to do anything, mm-hmm. and she's like wearing these like long coats, and she looks so. Oh, I usually, so I usually look my best in the anger stage of after a breakup. <laughs> well, I think she's actually like I think the idea here is that Cordelia is making an effort. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that because it's like the day after they break up or. Not the day after, but like Except, when she comes back, yeah. she's looking really hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think, I think Cordelia is basically being like, "This is what you fucked up." She yeah. does it right. Cordelia's a hero. She's so great. <laughs> yeah, in yes. my anger stage of a of a breakup, that's when I usually do my best, and I'm like, I'm like excelling at everything, and I'm like, "You lost this." Like I, I, I think on. I mentioned this before, but I did not like Cordelia when I was younger, and like now as an adult, I'm like she's my fucking like hero. When you're I an think... adult, these shows change so much. <laughs> I think when you're a kid, you just see the superficiality mm-hmm. of her being a mean girl. Yeah. And as an adult, you're seeing that there's a whole lot more going on there. There's a depth to that character. But there's not just a depth, but she is like she is the person that I have spent years trying to become. Like she's like, no, fuck you. I don't have to put up with your shit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She is exactly who who we should aspire to be in a lot of ways. Maybe nicer to people in nicer, general. Nicer, yes. But... but Well, she does become nicer on Angel. She least. does. So she, she does, does grow. But it, yeah, as once I hit my 30s, re-watching things I loved as a teen, everything's changed, which is nice and sad at the same time. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, we're watching, and um, for, I do a Party of Five podcast, the Party of Five podcast, there are things that I know I felt differently at the time. Now I'm watching it and I'm like, you know, I was sympathetic towards you, but you're a dick now. Yep. Like, I, I, Bailey I'm and a girl pissed me off re-watching it. Are you re-watching it right now? Yeah. Are you re-watching it with me? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel so pretty! <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of those things like you, like... I guess I think I have interesting things, interesting enough things to say to put a podcast out there. But then if anybody says they listen to it, I'm like, why? Why would you do that? One of my favorite moments recently was I, I met a, a mutual friend. And as soon as we started talking, he was like, oh, I recognize your voice from that podcast. <laughs> it's so weird. It made it's me very so happy. This girl at my g- who works at my gym, I went in one day, and she was like, oh, I, I listened to a bunch of your podcasts yesterday. I was like, why would you do that? Like, I got really upset, and she looked scared. I was like, I'm sorry, I have low self-esteem. <laughs> uh, so Buffy's hair is weird again. <laughs> she does weird things with her hair sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Xander, all about the headshots here at the end. He gets uh, the one guy, knocks his head off with a mailbox. Another guy, he drops a vending machine on it. Yeah. Abraham. Abraham drops it. <laughs> drops a vending machine on Abraham's head. I'm, I Which like... is appropriate because that's how he dies as Abraham, too. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers wow. for a completely different show. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even... You know, I... <laughs> I used to be like Walking Dead death spoilers are really bad. Like you shouldn't. And obviously, like if it airs, like if tonight people die and you tweet about it in the next twenty four hours, you're a dick. But 
so many people die on that show. What does it matter at this point? Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, like a point. spoiler like a spoiler also I think matters if like you can follow a line of logic and reach like a, a reasonable conclusion mm -hmm. and that conclusion is the actual result. Like like then I feel like if I told you what the conclusion was beforehand, that would be a spoiler. But like on The Walking Dead, it's so like it's so random who's gonna die. Like, like it's just like who's gonna hurt the audience more? Let's do the second one. Well, and you never know when they're gonna die. Like you can say someone dies, and you don't know what season it is. Yeah, no. So I wouldn't consider that a, a massive spoiler. <laughs> I think a lot about spoilers. Um, but like, uh, oh, I was gonna say something different. So never mind. Um, well, go ahead. You have the floor. Oh, I was gonna say, um, I uh. In the lore of what happened with in behind the scenes, so um, at the in the end of season one, the master opens the hellmouth. The, the hellmouth opens. The master is released. The master goes off, and there's this giant tentacle monster inside the inside the mouth of the gateway to the underworld or to the hell world, um, and that big tentacle monster is like doing things and like attacking people and then like it when the hellmouth closes and the master is killed the tentacle monster goes flying in to the hole again so we never hear from this monster or see this monster again until the zeppo the zeppo is that's what they're fighting they're fighting that monster oh oh you're right yes you're right Oh my god! Which is released when the sisterhood opens, the sisterhood of G opens the uh, the Hellmouth, and this monster comes back out. Buffy says, Buffy gets kicked out, kicked out of the room, she runs back in there, and she's like, go for the heart! So they kill that monster in this episode. That's why when the Hellmouth is opened again in the future, we never face that monster again. Because that monster is faced and defeated in this episode. You're so awesome. Thank you. Andrew's over here thinking about hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had never thought about that before. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That, that, that's awesome. How many viewings do you have to have of this show before you stop realizing, like, noticing things? Well, for... I don't know. This is my second, of, third, or the Zippo. I was going to say, for reasons of uh, stolen equipment and such, and various other things, we ended up watching uh, The Wish, like, 45 times. And, uh, and every single time I was like, oh, this thing. Oh, this yeah, other thing. It's true. I think it was my sixth viewing. I recognized that we already mentioned this in the podcast. So if you listen to The Wish, just fast forward like 30 seconds. But yeah, she, Buffy makes a comment about how uh, um, that she holds it together because she has them. And then, of course, later on we see Buffy who doesn't have them and she's, she's rough. How many times have you, roughly, do you think you guys have watched Buffy? Like, over the years? I'm kind of curious. I think this is my third. third? I, no, more than that, because I used, I had a tradition of my Joss Whedon Film Festival where I would rewatch everything oh, Wow. about once a year. But now he's got so much, I can't mm -hmm. really do that anymore. This is my third rewatching of the entire series of Buffy and Angel. Okay. So. Of Buffy, mm -hmm. this is probably my sixth. Probably in that area. Wow, so you guys are like just beginning. <laughs> okay, so back in the day when things weren't streaming and you bought DVDs, it's like I'd buy the first season, right? And then six months later, the second season comes out. So I watched the first season and the second season. And then six months goes by, and I every time I would start rewatching oh, it. Oh, yeah. But I also had a lot of other rewatches. It, 
I like, like this is my probably my sixth time rewatching the whole slate. Like I'm starting at episode one and I'm going through. There are episodes that I rewatch all the time. Like mm-hmm. I rewatch Hush a mm-hmm. lot. I rewatch Once More with Feeling a lot. I watch Band Candy a lot. Yeah, I watch Band Candy. Like like, like there are episodes mm-hmm. that I that I rewatch a a lot. I mean that are that I don't count. Not counting the first run when I watched Angel first run, I've watched this and Angel like properly like with cro- like you know a- a- Buffy Angel Buffy Angel Buffy Angel uh, like four times, <laughs> which is really frustrating. It's a lot of work. It'd be less work now that things are streaming, but I've always done it on DVD. Yeah, I I haven't watched Angel as much. I did not like Angel as much for the most part. Yeah, I liked cool. it, but. It- I liked it until Connor showed up. And See, then... I actually liked Connor, that storyline, a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked Illyria a lot. Illyria was great. But for the most... Jasmine was fantastic. Yeah, Jasmine was great. But for the most part, I felt like Angel like Angel was too noir. That wasn't mm. the flavor I wanted. Well, and they screwed over Charisma Carpenter. Yep. Big time. Yep. yep. And I, I hope someday she talks about it. She doesn't talk about it. I want no, her to talk about it. she doesn't. And he doesn't. Joss Whedon doesn't talk about it. It's it's really embarrassing. We did the Buffy pilot for the 20th anniversary for um, my podcast, Pilot Inspectors. And I, may, I said I was backing the whole Joss Whedon's a feminist thing. And uh, I actually sometimes wish I could go back and record. And I do think that he, to some extent he is. I'm not going to take that completely away. But... There's things like that where it's like, I think I kind of push it to the back of my head. <laughs> when, when we were recording, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up. When we were recording this podcast, when that happened, we kind of made a, um, like a we're decision a, and a statement. We're, we're kind of like, yeah, we're aware of it, but you know, Hey, this is out there mm-hmm. and we're, this is what we're doing. So we really did made a non-comment on it. And I'm just going to say that one thing I have noticed has not happened is actresses coming out of the woodwork to back up the statement in the letter. Not a single person has come out and said that they were harassed by him. That that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. The only thing I can tell you is there is a there's a writer. She um she's worked on a ton of shows for the past forty years. Uh, mm-hmm. Most notably, she created Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But Nell Scoville, she's great. I'm reading her book right now, and she does say that one time she went in for a meeting with Joss Whedon for Buffy, um, which was her favorite show, and she was really excited, and she was pregnant, very pregnant. And he made a fat joke about her. And I think I think he is somebody who cares about women. And as problematic as this show is, if you look at it for the time... It's not as problematic. This is just yeah. we all know better now. Yeah, yeah. But I and I, I think he's given women a lot. He gave me a lot. Um, I just think people aren't always perfect. Yeah. Um, I think there's also something. It's like whenever I was pregnant, I had no problem with fat jokes. Like, like I was, like I was like, yeah, I make a fat joke. Sure, I have a person inside me. I don't care. My then husband was fond of saying that I could no longer pull off sexy, but I could still be cute. And his sister got so mad at him. And I was like, no, man, <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, this is not sexy. But In general, though, it's it, you should not, make, not make, make the joke. No, no. Yeah. That, and and what's sexy is different for different people. Yeah, some people like pregnant women. Well, and when you're just meeting someone, like he's yes. just meeting yeah. this person that he's maybe going to hire... I think that he screws up a lot. I think he's very flawed. And so that's why, like, I regret, you know, what I said because I was a little defensive. But um, I do, I think he's done a lot for us. Uh, We just shouldn't, 
necessarily ignore the fact that no, he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, I do wish he would admit to, like, he would he would put out more statements, being like, "Yeah, this sucked." (laughs) Yeah, because it's it's really hard because like I like. You can't get away from your own privilege. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't. Like, you grow up with it, and, and it is embedded in you, and there are just certain things that you do not think about, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you don't have to think about I'm on a daily basis. I'm going to use an example basis. real quick. Is that cool? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I was having a conversation with Jay the other day, and I said something about women deal with this all the time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, yeah, but... And I, like, he said, what do you mean by all the time? And I was like, all the time. <laughs> And there was a bit, like, and then I realized that we were having a big problem with the phrase all the time. Like, that was the thing that was being not understood. Mm. And so I started texting him every time something would happen at work where a guy treated me differently or, or, or treated me disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. And listen, I work part-time. I work 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I had a four-hour shift. I texted him three times during my four-hour shift. One of those hours on which I was in the back room. And he was like, this is a weird day though, right? And I was like, this is not a weird day. I texted him the next day three times. And for a week, I texted him no fewer than like three times. Once an hour usually. Yeah, once an hour when I was not in the back room. And he was like, what you meant all the time. And I was like, dude, all the time. Yeah. Every hour that I am at work, something happens. Yeah, like one of the biggest things, one of the biggest uh, things that I had stuck in my head constantly was, like, you always hear like guys who um, who commit sexual like uh, like sexual offenses upon women, talking about how no, I didn't know it wasn't like uh, that's not how I meant it. Surely, if he, if we'd understood each other properly, things would have gone better. Like. Like I, I would have like I would have done something different, and it was so easy to empathize with that. It's so easy to like be like, well, I could I could see myself being in a situation where my intentions are misunderstood. So mm-hmm. let me let me empathize with this man who's done these terrible things because he's saying these things that sound very relatable, and um, and it took a long time for me to finally be like, oh, you're lying. <laughs> you're a liar like you are telling me that you are confused about these things but you're not actually confused well and there's also a lot to say about somebody who's been told this a lot and they're like they're just always misunderstanding me some men will be like oh oh what i did was terrible and then they just don't do it but if you're saying that you're constantly being told this you are not you don't care you don't (laughs) care if you're not learning from it i i i have um Donna's doing the the preach motion here. <laughs> preach, preach, say it. Now, my entire life, um, I have been informed that I have a bad sense of humor, and because I don't laugh about being teased, and I'm like by one specific important figure in my life, and I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, you know, man, for decades I have not laughed at those kinds of jokes. So who's got the bad sense of humor, right? Because clearly those jokes are not landing. <sighs> yep, no, I have feelings. Man. Well, no, that, that's like the people who complain about having to be politically uh, politically correct now and stuff. And it's like, if you're upset, you can't say the offensive shit. You're not funny. Like if yeah. that's what you have to rely on, they're no, not laughing because it's funny. They're laughing because they're uncomfortable. And yeah. uh, in 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 related news, never see Bob Newhart. Uh, 
do call me oh, no. in person. Oh, man. <laughs> he is one of those. Having a lot of issues with Ricky Gervais lately. Oh, I'm well. always having issues with him. Um, but so my point, my point is that like you like like uh, for a long time I was tricked by these men into thinking <laughs> that they were very much like me, just like their intentions were being misconstrued or something, and so like, and so now that. I'm aware, okay, one, I don't get this, like, I don't get treated like this on anywhere near remotely, like, the same basis as my women friends get treated this way. Uh, second of all, like, no, you can't be that confused about your behavior when you're faced with obvious, like, like, an obvious face that is telling you, like, no, what you're doing is shitty. <laughs> like, so, like, so... With people, with people who have done things in the past, like with uh, like uh, Joss Whedon, like I, I, I want to give them a little bit of of like, um, I want to like treat them a little bit more leniently mm -hmm. because he like, whenever at any point in history where he has been actively doing feminist things, mm -hmm. he's been at the forefront mm -hmm. of of like of that group, and like later on we discover that he wasn't quite as feminist as we wish he were, but now we're looking at it with so much new information, mm -hmm. like so much information that like, now I look at Buffy and I see all these things that are problematic. When I watched Buffy the first time, not only did I not think they were problematic, I enjoyed them. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think the key is to maybe not call him a feminist, but say he makes feminist work. Is that like... I mean, if that's fine for some people, <laughs> I'm fine with calling him a feminist if like, if he's mostly... If he's I mostly... think you can be a feminist and still be a bad monogamist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's my feeling on it. Um, exactly. He's a bad husband. But yeah. he, a the thing is, is like he was leaning on the idea that he was a feminist and thinking he wasn't doing anything wrong. That it's a whole thing. But speaking of his shows, you know, he calls uh, Agents of Shield the Zeppo of the Marvel Universe, which brings huh. us back. Right? <laughs> nice, nice segue. And we we do really need to look at wrapping up. Um, I'm out of notes. Me okay, too. well, I have I have one more note, which is at the end, after he has successfully saved the school, and Cordelia confronts him one more time, mm -hmm. he does not say one word to her. He I just, love that. Just smiles and walks I away. I love everything about that scene, because, like, okay, I am consistently floored at how good the acting is in this show, mm -hmm. except for David Boreanaz, dude, you're phoning it in. Um... <laughs> But, like, you know, everybody is so good. Especially, like, Cordelia and Xander in that moment. Like, Charisma Carpenter, when Xander smiles instead mm -hmm. of giving the reaction he usually has, you can see it affect her, even though her face doesn't really change. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. like, you can see how, like, he's sort of carrying himself in that possessed by a hyena way <laughs> <laughs> as he walks Only away from evil. her. Only not evil. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Just confidence. Just, yeah, exactly. The confidence. Well, and the way he says, I like the quiet, that's a hard line. That, like, yeah. a lot of people could have really screwed that up. That's tough. Mm -hmm. That's a tough thing to pull off. And yeah. he does a really good job. That, dude, the way that he says it with that smile, it's mm -hmm. such, like, air quotes, smile. <laughs> uh, it's such a good line. Like, oh, man, I love that, mm -hmm. that scene. Like... Nicholas Brendan was really good in this show. You know, show. Mm -hmm. in Amends, which should have been Angel's episode, as we mentioned when we did Amends, he didn't pull it off. Nicholas Brendan stepped up, pulled off that episode. I have mm -hmm. a theory that David Boreanaz does not necessarily like Angel. 
I don't think he likes playing Angel very much. If you watch towards the end of Angel, not to like, I, like I don't want to body shame, but you can see he's not, he's, he's getting a little bigger. Angel's maybe eating some more pizza. Like he, I think that he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Because if you look at Bones, which is just like a year or two later, he looks way different. Like, I think he just didn't care anymore. I used to make jokes about how once Spike came on Angel, that any time there was a shirtless scene, it would be Spike who was shirtless, mm-hmm. and Angel would still be wearing a shirt. Because he could not compare. Yeah. yeah, I think he did not want to be there anymore. I think he was glad when it got canceled. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't... I feel like he wouldn't talk about it in interviews for yeah. a while, which I kind of understand more now than I did then, because... After playing that character for eight years, you probably want to talk about something else. I think exactly. that's why Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't talk about I don't, it. Well. I don't think so. If I were like worked. Spy, like, like James Martin, like the rest of the Buffy cast all seems ready to talk about it. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't for a long time. Okay, so yeah, but the I leads are she's for some reason. Well, I'm telling she's you, what? I. Th- I think, well, part of the problem is, as an actor, like, they get on these shows, and, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is getting more and more movies. She can't do everything she wants to do because she has this show, and they're under contract. And I used to get really annoyed at them because I'm like, you're living the life. But first of all, the days they work on Mm -hmm. these shows is insane. Physically, like, they have to do so much. And then I'm just thinking, okay, let's say I'm at a job, and I like the job. I even like the job okay, but, like, the idea that you're under contract to be there for six years... Even if you're making a lot of money, there's a trapped thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, as I've gotten older, I look at these things differently. I am more sympathetic, but I don't know that David Boreanaz wanted to be there for most of that time. He definitely, in season three of Angel of Buffy, he was definitely not into what he was doing. And I personally think it had a lot to do with he already knew he was getting the spinoff, mm-hmm. and he just wasn't invested yeah. in this anymore. Whereas, like, James Marsers and Nicholas Brendan, like, you can tell they enjoy their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. They liked being those characters. They did. Um, I have a theory that James Marsters and um, Nicholas... Nicholas Brendan. I love you so much. You, you gotta get your shit together. <laughs> um, want to love you. Want to love you. <laughs> I, I feel like they are kind of nerdy. Yeah. Like, I feel like they went mm-hmm. into this liking horror movies, liking camp, liking this sort of stuff. Like, so much of Nicholas Brendan's acting looks like Bruce Campbell's. Like, yes. I feel like, like, that's, I could be totally, like, making this up, but I feel like Nicholas Brendan grew up watching Bruce Campbell and just being like, yes, I want to do that. Well, and, 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 and I don't, like, and Sarah Michelle Gellar, I just don't. Like, I think she wanted to be an actress. I don't think that she was like, I want to do vampires. Well, I think it's harder for women with these things, too. Like, at Wizard World, if you watch... I've been the last few years, and if you watch the women there, they'll they'll be really nice and friendly, but it is very different from the men. Because it's got to be, like... I'm sure they get inappropriately touched. They probably have people say horrible things to them. Like, last year, it was uh, Emma Caulfield, Charisma Carpenter, and James Marsters. And Emma Caulfield and Charisma Carpenter seemed nice enough, but they were... You could tell... They had a distance. Yeah, and James Marsters was like... He's excited. He's, like, pumped to be there. But I do think that's a male thing. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, we took a group picture with them, and he's, like, hamming it up for the camera... And they're a little more distant. Yeah. And I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, so I'm more forgiving of a woman who distances herself from these herself from these things than a man. <laughs> All right. I'm going to call it. We need to wrap up. Oh, Anyone gosh. have any last thoughts? 
This episode's so good. It's a very good episode. Five Mr. Pointies out of five. Oh, we didn't rate the last one. Yeah. I get. I agree. I agree. Five. You want a real quick rate? The last one. Um, helpless. Helpless. I think that was a great episode too. I don't see a reason not to give it a five unless somebody has an opinion. I agree. I just don't like watching it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Oh, it was intense. I would say four and a half because I think it's a five episode. But as far as like looking forward to it, like sometimes when you get to that episode, you're just like. I think I skip I'm it a be lot. Depressed? No, I can't skip it. Mm. When I, I can't watch, even I skip it, gotta give it a five. If I, that's the case. I skip a lot of Hamilton because I'm just not up for the emotional <laughs> impact. But this one, I'm always ready to watch Zeppo. I think Zeppo's amazing. And I was, you know, I looked up the writer yesterday because I was like, I don't even know who wrote this, and it's somebody who just wrote two episodes. And yeah, I was, I was kind of bummed. It's usually if something's one of my favorites, it's a Jane Espenson episode or something. Yeah, like a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this name. But uh, like James Whitmore Jr. has directed a lot of episodes, but Dan Weber hasn't. All right. Why don't you give us a little bit about your podcasts? Okay, we do. uh, I do two podcasts with my husband, Pilot Inspectors, where we watch different TV pilots. uh, Anything from new stuff to stuff going back to the 70s. And that's every Monday and we do Closer to Free which is a Party of Five rewatch podcast and that's in, in theory every Wednesday um, we're still working on getting our schedule uh, lined up correctly that. it's oh, it's tough um, and we're used to doing two a week but Closer to Free is like way more produced than Pilot Inspectors is just a free flow conversation um, and we are at pilotinspectors.com, closer to freepod.com. Uh, all of the Twitter handles are pilot inspe- at pilot inspectors, at closer to free pod, all over the social meds. Uh, I use pilot inspectors more as a personal account than the other ones. So there's a certain, I can't handle too many accounts. I was trying to figure out how to do, how to keep closer to free under pilot inspectors. I even reached out to one of the Gilmore guys to be like, do you think this is a good idea? And he's like, no. And so (laughs) I was forced to do new accounts for everything. I Um, have seven Twitter accounts on my phone. I don't use my personal one anymore. Seven. You know, I used to use my personal one and then somebody famous retweeted me and I was like, that would have been good for the podcast if it was under the podcast handle. So that's why I just ditched my old ones because you you just want to get yourself out there. It's tough. All right. I'm going to ask, <laughs> go, go check out uh, Jen's podcast, and also if you could give us a rate, review, and a subscribe on Google Play and iTunes, iTunes, that would be <laughs> awesome, uh, that really helps us out, you can interact with us on social media at... Once more, W Buffy. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Snarkcasts on Facebook and on Tumblr. And you can find all of our sister podcasts and our brother podcast on GummyCatNetworks.com. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow.